I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. Hey, what's happening, you motherfucking nerds? Welcome to episode 23 of Hoth Topic, your spin-off show from the main show, our Sarlacc Digest. I'm your host, Chris, otherwise known as Darth Dad on the Sarlacc Show. Uh, coming at you today for, uh, like I said, episode 23. This is actually my second shot at it. I recorded it last week on Wednesday, um, and the beginning was a rant about fake news and everything else. Figured I'd redo it. It didn't age well. Um, but I will say this, and you guys have heard me say this, and I'll stand by it all the time. I'm glad all this stuff is happening, but we can't jump too quick on shit because we've been proven wrong way too many times. People have been proven wrong way too many times to believe everything we hear. So let's be careful about it. Um, let's all be happy about the news we got with Kenobi. I'm not even sad about the... Jump back here, because I ranted a bit about this, too. The Marvel Sony news. I'm not even worried about that, because I know that's going to get worked out. It was all posturing, and we just all bought into it. I'm all okay with that. Um, the Kenobi news, I didn't buy it, because Deadline said it for the fifth straight fucking year. Didn't have to buy it, because fucking Kathleen Kennedy and Ewan McGregor showed up on stage. That's how you do stuff. To be honest, I'm tired. I'd rather not get leaked that information early. I'd rather it be on stage and be surprised like that. So I'm pretty fucking pumped. I'm excited for that. Oh, other internet bullshit news. If you guys didn't see, fuck. Uh, what fucking chicken is this again? Popeye's chicken. Fuck Popeye's chicken. I've been ill for three days. Forget that. Sticking with Chick Fil A. Or to be honest with you, I'm gonna get a Jack in the Box fucking spicy chicken sandwich. It's way better. So, my three cents on that, too. So, let's see. What are we going to talk about today? Anything new happened this week? All right. Well, let's go through some D23 news. I won't do it all. I won't go deep. I won't go crazy because we're going to uh, tape Sarlacc this week, too. So, we'll have, like, a double feature uh, release this week. But let's talk about it. Kenobi fucking confirmed. So, I'm digging it. I'm excited. McGregor's in it. Uh, eight years after Revenge of the Sith. So my quick take on it, thinking about it, is I assume we're going to see a young Luke, about eight years old, right? So it's obviously not going to take the uh, the route of going with the Kenobi novel, the last uh, old Legends novel that came out right before the, tran- the transaction, right before Disney bought out Lucasfilm, uh, which was a really good book, but it went back far enough to where you saw like a... a toddler, maybe a three or four year old Luke. So it wasn't going to be eight. So the storyline, if they do use it, it won't be exact. Um, but I will hope that one piece of it sticks. And this is where the toddler piece came in when the Lars Homestead was getting raided by, um, marauders, not sand people. Okay. They were coming in, going to rob them, fuck with them, whatever the hell. Um, Obi-Wan came to save the day. Okay. While fighting these guys and Owen fighting these guys, little Luke ran up and grabbed one of their legs to help save Ben. Right? After it was all over, Ben, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, right, was like, okay, cool, we're all set. Take care, Owen. I mean, they're not, a, they're not best friends or anything, but he's all leaving. Owen freaks out, bans him from coming back to the homestead because he saw what Luke did and he was scared of what Luke would do. I would love, love and it'd probably make more sense about eight years old. 
I would love to see young Luke try to save uh, Kenobi and Owen lose his shit on it and that's where you see him get banned I would love that during this series so hopefully that's part of it um, I assume we're going to see some training from Qui-Gon eight years later maybe he'll finally have, have finished it Maybe he'll have done some studies. Maybe he has part of these old Jedi texts. I know I'm overthinking it, but it'd be cool to have a piece or two of that. Um, and that's where Luke could have got some of them was from Kenobi Shack. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see some of these things. I'm assuming we're going to see the Skywalker lightsaber, you know, in, at his home. And he'll look at it once in a while or whatever, pull it out or put it away forever. I, I'm assuming we're going to see a bit of that. That'll freak us out. We're on Tatooine. We've got to see a lot of the bounty hunters and, and you know, uh, undesirables at the cantina. It, there's lots of things we're going to see that'll be familiar to us eight years after Revenge of the Sith. So I'm pretty fucking excited for that. It's so exciting because the script's already done. All they got to do is fucking film this motherfucker. So we're good to go. They'll start filming that next year. Uh, next piece, we got confirmation that Clone Wars will be coming out in February next year. I'm super psyched for that. Obviously, we're just going to be filled up with stuff, right? So, Clone Wars next year. I don't want to get too into it. Just saw the, the little tease with Maul's face on it again, so we're not done with Maul yet. Um, hopefully, we get a little bit more live-action Maul, more than animated, but I digress. And what else do we talk about, possibly? Oh, yeah. How about the Revenge of the fucking Sith? What would I say? Hold on. Ah, fuck me. Go with it. The Rise of Skywalker, okay? So the Rise of Skywalker trailer dropped, and everybody's talking about this double-bladed lightsaber, this uh, butterfly knife lightsaber that Ray has, which we've seen before. Um, you know, I've seen it online, and I didn't remember it at first. I'm not going to try and take credit for it, but you did see it with, uh, with the uh, Temple Guards, you know, that same exact type style, so... Not the first thing we've seen, time of it, but it is the most important thing we've seen with it. So seeing Rey a little bit dark side there, my guess is it's a trial. It's it's her trial, just like we saw Luke in the cave, like we saw Yoda um, in the uh, Clone Wars Lost Seasons, uh, Lost Missions, when we saw him trying to learn how to commune with the Force. That was one of his trials, seeing dark side Yoda, which, if you recall, was like one of the greatest episodes of all time. That segment specifically is, is fantastic. I'm guessing we're going to see something along that line. Or, or, it's Rhea, right? Like we used to have Luke when they cloned Luke. I would love to see Rhea um, coming after Rey and, and being part of that and, and having two Rays going. I, I would totally fucking dig it. Clones have to play a part in this somehow. I'm already guessing Palpatine is cloned, which goes right into old, you know, Dark Empire legends, the clone Ray would be right into the heir to the Empire. And of course, you know what I think is going to happen at night and who's going to show up. Before I get to that, let's talk about fucking Dark 3PO. I love C3PO with the red eyes. That falls into so many other things. Like people were comparing him to, to Triple Zero. That's not what I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is, and I'm reading, I was just going through it again before this happened. Was I'm going through Last Shot, which is you know uh, Daniel Jose Older's novel um, with Han and Lando. This is where I think it's going on. Is there some kind of device controlling droids, or at least controlling him? Somehow, Kylo or Ben 
figured this out, how to control the droid, and he wanted 3PO. My guess is, there's always talk of a MacGuffin, right? That, you, that people are going after, chasing after. I think it's 3PO. I think 3PO will play a huge part, but only because they're chasing after him, looking for him. Somewhere in the crawl, it's going to be 3PO, kidnapped by the First Order and Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, something along those lines, right? Where he's dishing through his memory, because remember, 3PO was his mom's droid. 3PO was there his whole life. If anybody knows anything about everything, it's 3PO, right? Not even R2, because R2 was off, off with Luke. 3PO was really close with the family, even though it doesn't really come up so much in uh, Last Shot, it's more their calf droid is, is around him. 3PO is going to be an integral part of his childhood. So I think him stealing 3PO, trying to pull his memories, trying to find out about, you know, maybe he figured out that his grandfather built 3PO. Something is going to click that way to link them all together. 3PO is kind of the key to the Skywalker family in that regard. You know, Vader making him, you know, him having in Luke's hands and going to Leia, you know, and now I think Kylo stealing him. I, I think that's going to be huge. I think in some way when he fucks with him trying to control him or get his memories or interrogate, whatever the fuck he's going to do with 3PO, somehow that triggers all of his memories. And he's going to remember back all the way to being built on Tatooine. Um, and then maybe they use the, if you guys read it, the uh, Phalanx Redux Transmitter. Uh, where they control droids, and they can control all droids with this this device. I, I, maybe we're going to go somewhere along that line. You guys already know my theory about the battle droids coming back, and I'm sure that's still going to happen. There's got to be a lot. It's going to be like a six-and-a-half-hour movie, I hope. Because to get battle droids in, Darth Ray, um, evil 3PO here, or, or whatever, control 3PO. Maybe the red isn't even evil, though that's how they describe them in Last Shot with the, with the phalanx. They describe it with the red eyes. So we're definitely going that route where he can at least be evil or they're leaning towards it, even for a minute. Maybe he just gets pissed off for a second at Kylo. Whatever it is, something's going on. Or he remembers something and it turns his eyes red. Or maybe red's just when he's going through his memory. I don't know. It could be as simple as that. But I'm really excited to find out what the fuck is going on with 3PO. Um, but what I really wanted to get to right and this is going to lead into the rest of the show so you know the whole other show the one i am not using it was based on this and i'm glad so i'm kind of glad the the trailer came out and i redid this show because seeing those hundreds of star destroyers just absolutely fucking sealed it for me that we are going to see grand admiral thrawn in this movie there is absolutely no way hux is leading that charge there is no way even Kylo is leading that charge. None of these other... Uh, General Price... I mean, not, not General Price. General Pride. There is no fucking way that somebody's going to come in and be able to lead that fleet besides Grand Admiral Thrawn. And again, it doesn't have to make sense to the general public. Okay? Um, think to, to Force Awakens and Lor Senteca. Lor Senteca has a pretty big background we'd assume, right? He's known the family. Um, he's obviously a, 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 an adventurer, an explorer, and you see that in the comics, but we didn't see that until after after The Force Awakens. You know, he ends up with the information they needed. I mean, really, did we we didn't need a backstory right then. Nobody was crying. I have still yet to hear anybody, who is Lor Senteca? I haven't heard any of that. So if you put Thrawn in, and he's leading this charge, and he's wearing his white outfit, and he's a blue-skinned, red-eyed alien... 
I don't see any normal moviegoer having a problem with this. The rest of us are going to shit right in our seats and be happy about it. Because throwing Thrawn live action at us... Not, when I say live action, I don't mean some dude in blue makeup. I really think they're going to have to CGI him to make him look like a Thrawn we would recognize. I don't want just makeup on some dude. I want this to look like the, the book covers we've seen. Like... Uh, like the cartoon a little bit, like the the covers of the toys. I don't want him cartoony. I don't want him, but I want him. I think he has to be CGI to make him look just absolutely fucking perfect. Uh, Matt Smith in blue face paint is not gonna work for me. I don't think. But you know what? Fuck it. If it's Thrawn, it's Thrawn. I don't care what he looks like to be. As long as he's blue, blue in a white outfit with red eyes, I'm, I guess I'm good. And he acts the same. But I think if they CGI him, then you can get the same voice. You can get Mickelson to come back and do the fucking voice for him I, can you believe anything like that that needs to happen if that doesn't happen they really really missed the boat at least for me I'll, I'll be kind that's the one thing I'll be depressed about if I don't see anything else fair game do what you want but I want Thrawn in there leading those fucking hundred ass star destroyers in the battle and at first glance you think they're uh, original trilogy star destroyers right and probably for all intents and purposes they are um original trilogy Star Destroyers, but they all have a, uh, what is it, a ventral cannon coming out the bottom, you know, they can come in and just drop an onslaught, you know, a barrage onto a planet, um, with hundreds of them, they can just wreck shit right there, whatever they're going to do, they're going to fuck shit up, but that brings them a little difference, I mean, they've had 30 years in the unknown regions to make modifications, so they're probably still the same ships, I definitely plan on hearing the, the name Chimera, right and seeing this cannon come down that's what I fucking want that's what we need to have Lucasfilm fucking make this happen it's a little late to beg for it now I just hope you were smart enough to do it and I'm I'm pretty sure I wouldn't bet any money on it because I'm kind of broke uh, and I wouldn't bet my car on it because I need it so and I wouldn't bet my life on it but that's the way to do it man you three billion dollars half of it for me put throw on this fucking movie uh, let's see, what else happened in that trailer? The, you know what? I don't want to get too into it. I'm going to wait the rest of it. Those are the, my main points. I'll wait for the rest for the Sarlacc crew. And we'll cover it more in there. And we'll go step by step. Uh, the other piece was the Mandalorian trailer. Wow. You know what? You Get excited. <laughs> so funny how we can get so excited. And I am pumped with hardly like any fucking dialogue at all in these trailers. <laughs> But we love it and that's all I just I need to see it feel it and that feels like Star Wars it feels gritty I love that it's on Tatooine uh, I love the fact that we're gonna you know end up in a, a familiar place but with different people uh, I'm okay with just about everything about it I, I I can't think of anything negative to say about the Mandalorian either any of this stuff really if, if anything what Lucasfilm does really well which does scare me is they can put out a badass trailer you know and get you all hyped up with just little bits of information so uh, not to get overly pumped but I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty psyched for the Mandalorian I, I don't think John Favreau can do much wrong he seems super passionate he seems to know his shit you know he's talked about you know how the easter eggs are all over the place you know even the rifle he fucking uses with the the forks and the um how one of the cannons was from an old toy you know so many things he puts in there all these little easter eggs the dude's the dude's in his shit so i i don't have any uh any worry whatsoever with that i mean fuck there's so much news right now for star wars we go in a drought 
and everything fucking smacks us in the face just all at once. I, I love it. We're going to have shit to talk about on Sarlacc for fucking a year and a half at least without getting bored about talking about it. You all might get bored listening, but I'm not going to get bored talking about the shit. All right. So let's get into now. Off the news, I'll leave everything else. We'll go Mando screen by screen, everything else on Sarlacc. It'll probably be like a four-hour episode, so just prepare yourselves. It might be a two-parter for all I know. So here we go. Talking about why... Let's talk about Thrawn in general, right? EU Thrawn versus uh, new canon Thrawn. And the positives and the negatives, right, uh, on this character and what they've done bringing him into canon. So I'm just going to get the negatives out of the way. The, the problem I have, the only problem I have with Thrawn in the new canon to this point is his interactions with legacy heroes. What made him cool in the old legends, besides the character himself, right? But he was interacting and striking fear into our heroes. Striking fear into Han and Luke and Lando and Leia. You know, our people, the Rebellion, um, knew of him, feared him. That's who he was fighting, and that's who had to defeat him. Um, They even had to deal with it twice when you read the Hand of Thrawn, you know, later on that trilogy, um, with Pelion as the main uh, antagonist, at least for the Empire. Um, so I love that piece that he that he could interact with with our people. The drag about the Canon Thrawn is again the timing. He's interacting though now because back then he couldn't interact with our legacy villains, right? They were all dead. Now we see him interact with the Emperor, with Vader, with Tarkin, with Krennic. That's all phenomenal. I love all of that, and I, that's why it, it's great in the new canon. But the sad thing is, they haven't, and they probably cannot, have him ever interact now with Luke, Han, and Leia. And that that's kind of a drag, because without putting fear into them, I just don't know that I have fear into... I have fear of him, I understand Thrawn, but I, the galaxy doesn't feel like he's as big a threat... Um, as he was in the other one, as it was in the uh, in the legends. Character is still badass. Character is still. You guys know I love Thrawn. I got a big old, you know, whatever fucking fictional character man crush on on Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, but I, I think that's the issue. You know, when he's dealing with mainly the uh, the rebels, you know, the, the, as far as the the uh, Ghost Crew, I, I think that's probably my biggest issue with him in Legends as far as the cartoon in the books no problem you know he, he has dealings with Anakin but he never gets to our, our original trilogy heroes and I think that's the one big miss now how this could work though in bringing him past Return of the Jedi and before The Force Awakens this was the big part of my talk okay is if you've read this trilogy and we were told it was a trilogy but there must be two trilogies coming because he left this fucking thing wide open after treason. There's no way, no way there's an end to this, right? And after Rebels, Filoni has made abundantly clear that Thrawn and Ezra both survived. Okay, they're alive somewhere in probably the unknown regions. And we know in Aftermath, they mentioned Thrawn by name and saying the Emperor kept him around because of his knowledge of the unknown regions, and as far as they knew, he was out charting paths for him. Okay, so he'd come back at some point by aftermath. So he'll never really. We know he's not going to fight between a New Hope and Return of the Jedi. We know he doesn't fight up through aftermath. 
we know that they're pretty much demilitarized because Last Shot talks about them being demilitarized. There's all sorts. So we know he's not going to fight the New Republic. But they have left this grisk piece wide fucking open to have a battle in the unknown regions. This can happen after Return of the Jedi. And this can happen without having any um, of our good guys, per se. Okay? What I'm seeing is Thrawn and the um, remaining Empire, that he'll be in charge of at this point, at least at least the uh, military, with his Chiss Ascendancy helping him, okay, against the Grisk. That's what, I, that's what I'm, I'm seeing here is there will be battles. Um, the, the new fledgling First Order is what it would be, vers- and the Chiss versus uh, the Grisk. So that's what I'm hoping the next set of books is about. Now after they win that, they'll have Grisk technology, they'll have Chiss technology, they'll have the, the remnants of the Empire and their fleet, they'll have all sorts of things in the unknown regions getting ready, and that's where they're building up the First Order, and they're hiding this big-ass fleet we see in this trailer. So I'm glad this, this ended up, you know, coming up after my show and I'm having to redo it because that fleet makes a huge difference and makes this just as concrete as I can possibly think of bringing him in. This is why I think, that's why I think it's going to happen. We're going to have this big battle in the unknown regions in books and then we'll, we'll later on get him in the movie with this fleet that, that is talked about in the books. But we'll get the movie first, obviously, and then I'll kind of prequel it, so to speak. Um, but that's where I think we're going with him. Sorry. And I mean, they even left it open for his... You know how he has sidekicks in each one, right? He, he had Eli Vanto in the first one, who returns in, in Treason. Um, he had uh, Commandant Pharaoh in the second and third books. And you can see how he developed these characters. He helped create them the way they are and build their careers and such. And they introduced Pelion, who... Pelion was huge in the two Thrawn trilogies prior in Legends... And we haven't heard a damn thing from him. So this is where Pelion will come into play in this new set there, help him build this fleet, build this First Order, and get it prepped up um, for this coming battle and ultimately for Episode 9 or even 7 behind the scenes. We know he'll, be, he'll have been there the entire fucking time. Now, this is an important piece here. In Treason, there's a point where they have Thrawn place a chamber on the Chimera. Okay, it was like a throwaway sentence. You might have heard me talk about it on Sarlacc, or I was talking to Scott about it. I know that, so it must have been during Sarlacc. I'm, I'm sure of it. But they have put this chamber on the Khmer. We never hear it about it again. Nothing. Okay. My assumption was at the time when I heard it, it was either going to be Vader's chamber. We'd see Vader come on and hang out and hibernate or whatever the fuck you know, meditate in there, or it was some kind of cloning cylinder. Right, a, a cloning chamber, like a the old legend Sparty cloning cloning chambers. So that's my guess. And Vader never showed up on the Chimera at that point. Never had any mention of him um, meditating in there. Nothing like that after that chamber comment. I'm thinking it's a cloning chamber. I think he takes it to the unknown regions. I think that's where we're going to end up getting this return of the Emperor. Right to bring legends back again. We're going to get a clone Emperor that Thrawn helps, you know, come to fruition on the Chimera. He'll take this to the Unknown Regions. They'll clone the clone Palpatine, um, and the Chiss will help care for Palpatine because 
they are familiar at least now with force users with their skywalkers right at, at, uh, their force sensitive children that they deal with so they'll be able to do this I think um, they'll raise them like kind of like Fett was there's no aging process they're not going to be accelerated it's going to be a normal clone for them to raise teach everything else and they'll train him and, but he'll have his mentality because that force spirit will be in there. They just have to raise him to maturity and he'll have what he needs. And I think that's what's going to happen. And now he's going to be, you know, old enough to come back to, to wreak havoc and, and take charge. That's my thinking around that. I know a lot of it revolves around Thrawn and this whole thing. I know most of it's kind of far-fetched. But it fucking works, all the little hints and breadcrumbs are dropping and leaving and showing. I mean, what else makes sense in that trailer with the fucking... Hundreds of goddamn Star Destroyers. Who else? Tell me who else would lead it. Hux is not that guy. Hux could barely lead one ship. You know, much less a fleet like that. Or that could be ten fleets right there as far as we know. But there is one person that can. And that's Thrawn. And I know we've seen how he can bring a clone into it. Um, they've hinted at it at least. Or given me reason to believe that. They've hinted he's in the unknown regions. We know that's where the First Order's been hiding. We know this fleet's here. I mean, there's so many things. Why the fuck not it fits too good fits too good you know when I think about it it's really kind of too bad they did a uh, general pride instead of a general vanto you know that would have been just badass in itself give me vanto then nobody would know shit right I don't know who pride is doesn't bother me there's going to be a general pride good deal right they'd have brought in general vanto we could all shit all over the place and be like, holy fuck, they're using cannon stuff. Now, we, you know, that would have been all. Not to say they haven't, because that would be a big hint to us that Thrawn is coming. But that would have been fucking rad, too. And hopefully it still will be. But not as important as just bringing uh, Thrawn a name drop. Something. Something's got to happen. Um, and then after that, we can get our next trilogy of books. I actually did message Timothy's on like he was going to answer me. Um, but I did ask him, did he leave it open on purpose? What's going on? You know, this and that, but whatever. Hasn't answered. Been six days. Fuck. But okay, I'll, I'll drop that for now. I went way more off last time, and I, I felt like maybe it was a little long. Maybe I'll leave it for Sarlacc to get with the guys and, and brainstorm with. But I'm in. I'm all in. I'm ready to go. I'm excited for this fucking movie. A uh, lot less trolls on this one, too, by the way. After D23, you really really get far less trolls and the ones that do troll are really getting blasted at this point by people it's 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 fun to watch because i don't have to get involved in a whole lot of it now it's like just get the fuck off the page we're done with you it's it's over we got something new to look at happy about disney's doing their thing bringing in all this stuff that we wanted um fan service or not with kenobi uh making amends or not whatever it's all fucking worth it i don't give a shit so bring it. Bring more. Give me give me everything you can. Make TV shows about everybody on Disney+. Plus. Um, you know, we had went live after D23, and I had talked to Scott, and I had talked to Joey on our Instagram page, and asking, you know, is that is that cool with everybody? And I'm going to let you know right now, I'm cool if we get a Star Wars movie every two or even three years now. They don't have to come like they, like they have been. They can go back to the old ways or once every two years, whatever it is. If you fill it up with Disney Plus content like that and give us series of shows, you know, give me six to eight hours of The Mandalorian. Give me six to eight hours of Kenobi. Six to eight hours of um, uh, Cassian Andor, which I wasn't excited about, but I am now. Okay? 
Give me that. Give me all these things. It's like fucking three or four movies worth of content about these characters and their adventures. Give that to me every year and I'm okay. I, I don't need um, the movie necessarily, but I do want that big screen feel every two or three years. I do want to go in there and have the the um, the adventure. The, the uh, what, what do you, I lost my fucking word. What the hell am I trying to say here? The experience. I want the experience with, with my, my friends, with my kids, with everybody to go to these Star Wars movies and keep seeing them. That's what I want. Now, I will tell you, I have lost that, and I know everybody thinks I'm bash Marvel. I love Marvel. I love the Marvel movies. I do. But I have lost a bit just because I'm just... The formula keeps going the same. They're not really tricking me. I We see it all coming, and that, that kind of bothers me. That's why I thought The Last Jedi was kind of refreshing because it went a completely different route than anything else, right? The heroes lost. Like, completely lost every which way you could turn. Yet, everybody hated it. But it was so unpredictable and so out of character it all worked right the thing with marvel is i've been able to kind of see it and feel it know what's happening and know who's going to win figure out who's going to die all this shit i just think they needed something new so maybe this new phase for them will wake them up but right now i think as far as star wars fans go we shouldn't bitch about anything everything they have done right now announced and ready to go and shown us should make up for anything any of these fucking trolls say do or want to hate or want to uh, boycott, fuck them all. I don't care anymore. I really don't care. I'm not even going to fight anymore because I just got exactly what I wanted from D23 and I think most of us did. And looking at the the pages now, it, it, it it's way more positive. It's getting back to that point in 2016 before The Force Awakens. Not quite as happy-go-lucky, not quite as positive because those guys are still in there fighting a bit. But at this point, they're just trying to rile people up and I've, I've got to understand that and get better at letting that shit fucking go but here I am talking about it again so it works whatever alright so that's all my take I think I've hit the news I talked about my Thrawn piece which got you know a little bit of addition with those Star Destroyers uh, right now I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this piece and I have some feedback from listener Chris Porteous who's a, a long time listener friend uh, follower uh, comes in and gives us a lot of feedback you know doesn't always agree which I love because I love to banter and go back and forth and let me go here because I know he has some points on the chosen one off the last episode oh, after I went through the book uh, Master and Apprentice so let's go ahead and hear what Chris has to say and then we'll wrap it up and get ready for the Sarlacc show I think it's great that you and the Sarlacc crew are back at it and getting some new episodes out loaded up with theory crafting and line talk as we get closer to episode 9. You talked a lot about Jedi prophecies in episode 22 and did a great job of covering the Master and Apprentice book and all of that got me thinking. We've had some exchanges in the past where you stated that you don't like to factor in the production and writing and marketing issues when it comes to your view on the Star Wars canon. But when it comes to the prophecy of the Chosen One, it's really hard for me to avoid that. Just think about what, what did Lucas really give us about the prophecy if we look at episodes 1 to 3. Firstly, the Jedi Council is skeptical about Anakin being the Chosen One. Pretty wise considering how the Rise of the Emperor played out. Um, Lucas put in the practical spin by introducing the midichlorians. 
there can and, and if a microscopic organism generates and communicates with individuals telling them the will of the force, I'm not sure how much weight we should put into a prophecy that's written by a sentient being when some sort of microscopic organism is communicating the will of the force rather than people themselves. You also have this moment in episode 3 where Yoda says the prophecy was probably misread, or could have been misread. And lastly, we have the line cut from the opera scene in episode 3 where Palpatine pretty much spells out that he created Anakin through the Force. And I'd argue that you can still read that from the dialogue in the scene the way it is in the final cut right now. And I know this was loosely referenced in a comic earlier this year, but the context of that reference kind of implies that it might be a total misdirection. I, I really don't think Lucas intended the prophecy to be true, or even relevant, it's just sort of a misdirection and a false lead that the Jedi unfortunately followed. If you look at how the prophecy is interpreted in the Disney era, we have, in Rebels we have Obi-Wan telling Darth Maul that he believes Luke is the chosen one. And you have all this weight being put behind the prophecies in, in some of the new books like Master and Apprentice. This kind of bothers me for a couple reasons because the films are canon, and all this later stuff is canon, but I feel like there are two very different views at work, and I find the idea of the prophecy being misread as far more compelling. Because if the rise of the Empire, the destruction of the Jedi, the enslavement of hundreds of worlds, and the ob complete obliteration of entire planets had to occur, all that so Luke could eventually help guide his father to fulfill the prophecy about himself, some 30 years later by convincing him to change his ways at the last possible moment? I really hope that's not all true. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, and I just wanted to add one more thing here. Feel free to cut this out if you want, but um, back at Celebration Chicago, I filmed all the panels that took place on the Collector's stage. As far as I know, this is the only stage that Reed Pop or Lucasfilm does not provide coverage of, so a lot of people might not know it's online, recorded in decent quality. But if you just search Collecting Track on Google, the YouTube channel will come up, and you can see 20 great panels of people nerding out about some of the most interesting Star Wars items going back all the way to 1970. Right on. Well, I don't know why I cut out there, but tell you what. We'll go ahead and leave that part in there. We'll check out the, uh, the videos, and I love it. And thank you, Chris. And i tell you what, really well thought out. Uh, I, I love that stuff. I love when people uh, send things for me to think about and respond to. So I was jotting some notes down. Not that I should when I'm driving, but it's chicken scratch, so whatever. Shorthand works. So let me start with the... Uh, I wrote down the two different views going on in the, the Lucas and the Disney versions. I kind of like that there's two different views going on. It... it What's the force really in, in Jedi and Sith and everything else but a, a bunch of religious type stuff, right? Obviously, that's where it's, where it's based on. Everybody's beliefs and everything. And how many different religions do we have on this one earth? So every every view and, and everybody has a different opinion and, and things. So the fact that we see a different view, you know, some 50, 60 years later and apart, I'm okay with that. And, and people learning and, and finding things out and going through experiences... I'm 100% okay with them seeing it one way in episode one and completely different through Master and Apprentice, through which is actually before one, um, up through uh, the new Disney era. I'm okay with all of that. I'm okay with the different views happening and, and 
that sort of so no problem there. Um, as far as the what was it, production and marketing, yeah, I don't. I don't put things that if it's in an interview, um, if it happened in production and got deleted, I don't put it in the canon because it hasn't been on screen or in a book. Um, I definitely don't take what the fucking actors say, you know, for anything at this point. Um, actually, Hamill said something this week that he hadn't watched Star Wars in some 22 years. Then you're not the expert on it. If you haven't done anything with Star Wars in 22 years besides being back in the movies, you aren't the expert on it. You're, you're the character, and you read a script, and you have some input in things. But when you get mad about the character's arc, I'm not okay with that. So if you haven't been doing the research that even fucking fans have and the directors and the writers. So, I don't put anything into that. But to your point about, say, the deleted scene, yeah, I wanted that to be fucking canon. You know, I, I, I wish it would have stayed in there. And such as, and Plagueis alludes to all that too, that book, which everybody knows is a fantastic book. So that comic that was, again, loosely referenced, but kind of offhanded, could be true, could be not. Um, I think it's still leading that way. I, I still kind of believe it, you know. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he was born with no father. He was in the, the damn feast, right? We're in the age of prophecy as far as that book goes. So I still think, it didn't say how he was born. He was still born of the force. They were, you know, Palpatine could have been fucking with the force and midichlorians and all that and created life. And that's the deal. And I'll, I'm okay with that. I hope it's true. I wish it would come out in a book or a comic or a movie at some point and say, fuck, episode nine can say it. I created this Skywalker family. I was in charge of, I was the reason for the rise of Skywalker. And talking probably to Kylo at this point, who's the last Skywalker, well, him and Leia. But I was the reason for this. I created Anakin Skywalker, who created Luke Skywalker, who, you know, or who created Leia Skywalker, who created... Well, Leia Orkin, you know what I mean. And created Ben. You know, all these things. It was Palpatine creating this rise. I can see that being part of it. Um, that would take probably a little bit more explaining to the regular person than to us. But I, I get that. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm okay with Palpatine if it ends up coming that way. Um, midichlorians. Got it. I don't have a problem with midichlorians. Uh, sentient beings being able to control or dictate the will of the force or communicate the will of the force as far as I consider in canon and the way they've, they've explained it is they're a, a living microscopic organism that people have basically and the more you have the more attuned you are it's not so much that they're speaking they're like a receiver right when you have a bunch of midichlorian a high midichlorian count you can receive the force understand the force feel the force more inside of you. That's how I see it more so than them actually literally, and I don't think you meant it literally talking to them, but I just see it as it just a receiver, an amplifier. Um, so I don't have a problem with a, a prophet being communicated to having a, a midichlorian count. That's their, that's their piece that they're really attuned to is seeing the future, seeing bits and pieces, getting, you know, writing a prophecy down. I have, I have no problem with that. Um, Again, to put that into a, a real-world scenario, there, if people are religious, I don't, I don't know. I, I stay out of this whole thing just so you guys know I'm not, right? But if all of it were true, and there are billions of people that do believe in a, some religion or another, okay? This almighty being had to 
to communicate to somebody to write something down, right? To write it into a Bible, a Quran, a whatever the fuck, you know? Um, I don't see a problem with the same kind of thing here, just using midichlorians as kind of the amplifier. I, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I I'm good with it. Um, I'm glad we don't talk a lot about midichlorians, to be honest, just because I don't... I do hate to bring... Though Star Wars is all science outside of the Force, I hate to bring science into the Force, because... If I was religious, that would be my deal right there. Is I, I love the Force. I would, I would love that feeling of, of being able to believe in the Force. Um, let's see. Looking at this, Lucas's intent. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that his intent was to go as far as it was. I don't think it. Lucas's intent was never to have an EU Legends canon. Any of that. It's gone crazy, right? This is. This has blown up way beyond anything he's ever thought. Even when he was doing the prequels, I'm sure. At that point, we had some EU stuff, don't get me wrong. But it hasn't gone as but fucking crazy as we are now with the internet and theories and stories and everything else. And everybody caring about the order and what matters and not. So, do I think it was his intent to be this? Probably not. Unless they gave him the... You know, they did. he did give the, the write-ups for 7, 8, 9. And they have loosely adapted some of it. Perhaps it's still there. I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I really don't. I can't talk much about Lucas's intent, but I don't have a problem with them changing it up in the Disney world. And then Luke and Rebels being this is the other part was how Obi Wan did say yes, he's the chosen one. My whole thing with the chosen one has I've left it that it's not a person anymore. That it's a bloodline. That somehow, some way, this rise of Skywalker, right? This Skywalker bloodline is the chosen one. This is the chosen family. They're the chosen ones. And somehow, some way through... Or fucking A. It could have been Shmi. Could have been the chosen one to start life and then gradually through their generations it, it goes through this. You know, Anakin failed one generation to destroy the Sith. He failed. You know, and then Luke failed. Well, he, no, he didn't fail. He, he, he... Well, I guess in the essence he did. But he, he destroyed the Emperor, did destroy everything, but he didn't destroy the dark side. And I think that's what they're trying to do now with this piece is destroy evil, which I don't know if they can ever do. But uh, yeah, that's a tough one, man. You got me. See, I'm, I'm, I'm lost there. That's why I, that's why I love unedited shows. Um, I'll think about that one. I'll give it some more thought a little bit on that and the Chosen One and why each generation, whether we needed it or not, or is Ben going to be the culmination of this Skywalker blood and he will at some point destroy it all, right? Or is it the Skywalkers that need to be, they need to kill the dark side, kill whoever's in charge, the Emperor at this point, whomever, right? And then the Skywalkers as well and that ends it and that's where the balance really comes is when the Skywalkers come in just to sacrifice themselves as it were. Sound familiar, right? Um, and that way everybody else can live in peace without this madness and this war um I'll go with that for right now but I'm gonna give it some more thought and probably dive back into either my next episode or on Sarlacc and I hope that count uh, hit all the points it's what I could read in my chicken scratch here while driving so tell you what Chris I thank you so much for your feedback I hope my answers were sufficient enough um I was kind of hoping to get at it and argue with you and drop a couple of motherfuckers but the good points no need for that maybe next time um, and then anybody else, if you have any points, anything, I know you guys all want to talk about this new stuff at D23. So um, shoot me some recordings. Shoot me uh, some notes. Whatever the fuck you want to do. 
you know I'll put it on the show, you know I'll talk about it. And as you can see, I just do it on the whim so I don't get to think about it. And I think that's the most fun. So tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and let it go now. We're going to catch you on the Sarlacc Digest uh, probably right after this. Fuck, Marco made talk me into putting this out after the Sarlacc episode. We'll see. Whatever the fuck. You'll get to hear it. And I hope you enjoyed it. Send me some feedback. And until next time. I'll see you in hell. What I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and, you know, sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors. And, and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know, what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater oh, with that, piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water, and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture nerd news. TV shows. Movies. Comics. No! And toys! Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin. Movie reviews with President Rob. Kevin interviews and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin interviews. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, it, it, I shed a tear, dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The Passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just, the, the soundtrack just starts raising, and uh, then... Uh, you know it's a movie, right? What? The Fandom. 
Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, did I tell you that I was going to get my next... Uh... And the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Uh, Pigs and Flicks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!